0: This episode of the Self Love Club podcast is brought to you by Amplify Kombucha. Taste Amplified. The South Love Club, a place where boss babes share their stories to empower women. Like a lot of us, Millie Gooch went from no partying to going full noise at university, where the binge drinking culture is strong, and the focus is to get as hammered as you can. Sick of feeling hungover and experiencing anxiety or bear fear, Millie had a light bulb moment after a breakup and decided to stop drinking. Seven months into her sobriety, Millie founded Sober Girl Society, an online global community for other young people that don't drink, connecting them with their sober sisters, and now she hosts sellout events across the UK. We're so lucky to have Millie share her story and advice on the Self Love Club podcast. Millie, welcome to the Self Love Club podcast. Thank you so much for making the time today. I really appreciate it. You are so welcome. Okay. Tell us about yourself and what you're doing, what you're all about.
1: Um, I started Sober girl Society uh, when I was seven months sober. Um, so uh, kind of backstory is I was quite a bad binge drinker, your classic party girl. I would go out on Friday night and spent a lot of my weekend very hungry feeling sorry for myself, um, and with quite bad sort of like beer fear, anxiety, the fear some people call it, Um, and I kind of realised that that was creeping into my uh, everyday life Um, So for the benefit of my mental health I decided to give up alcohol Um, and then sort of seven months later I kind of felt like I needed that extra push and kind of support and I looked at communities on Instagram uh, and I found a lot of amazing American-based communities. I found a lot of sort of like mum support groups that were dismantling ideas around mummy wine culture and you know, drinking at play dates and all that other crap that we come up with. Um, and so I couldn't find anything that I identify with completely as like a millennial Brit party girl who still wanted to go out, still wanted to be sociable, I was working media at the time, um, but just wanted to take alcohol out of the equation. So I kind of kept looking, kept looking, couldn't find it, thought, oh, well, okay, I'll just create it myself. So I started Silver Girls Society, um, and we now do a so many different things. So we do events. I speak on podcasts and do panel talks. I work with universities. Um, it's just become a whole sort of entity in
0: itself now. And how long has that been going on? Like, I don't think it's quite like new in the scheme of things. It's uh, you know, it's become quite big quite quickly. Yeah. So I started it. So it's just
1: over a year old, uh, but definitely probably in the last six months, it's really taken off. There's been uh, a lot of kind of media attention around sobriety, um, some controversial, some sort of naming it as the new health trend to veganism. So I think there has been a lot more interest recently, but I just think in the past couple of years we've been so focused on mental health and we've become really aware of things that affect our mental health and, and drinking has kind of hid in the background for a while and people are actually starting to realise that we need to bring it to the forefront and talk about alcohol in terms of our mental health. You know, so many of us are struggling with anxiety and, and we don't know why and, and it's such a, a big thing that, you know, not, like so many people drink, And we haven't up until now kind of questioned, is this having a detrimental
0: effect on our mental health? I do think that's one of the biggest reasons why it's become popular over the past year is we are talking about it. Mm. I remember um, asking some of my followers recently, I was having anxiety and I sort of put a poll out on my Instagram story and I could not believe the amount of people who say that they experience anxiety. And the thing that's got me thinking as well is over the years, we've all felt like that but we still do it yeah. we keep doing it again and again and again it's like we're the like the slowest learners yeah. or something but it's yeah like we we're like oh no nah, never again you know never drinking again yeah. or you like you start being you know not you have a patch off or whatever yeah. and then it happens again and you're like back to it and yeah it's just were well, you just fed up of being in that spot
1: yeah i was and it's interesting you could see you say that because uh kind of now that i've talked about sobriety for a long time I've I've really had to do my research and I've really had to kind of learn about things like addiction and you know the fact that we do those things over and over again even though we know it's bad for us does kind of mean that we are slightly addicted even if you say I'm not addicted to alcohol the fact that you keep repeating that behaviour even though you know it's bad for you is kind of a sign of addiction Mm. so it's becoming more of like a sliding scale and I kind of yeah i got fed up with my own shit really, I just said I cannot keep doing this and it was making me so miserable and I think my kind of last hangover, um, it was just recently after I'd broken up with my boyfriend who I'd been with for six years and I think I went out and I was just drinking and drinking and I think it was a real like okay I can either continue doing this and just be sad forever, or I can pack in alcohol, and I can, you know, try and rebuild myself in in this kind of new way. Um, and that's what I did.
0: Yeah, good on you. Was it hard at first? I always say
1: for me the first kind of five months are the hardest because when you, I said so many times, I'm never ever drinking again. But we've all said that, like everyone woke up and said oh, I'm never drinking again so when I first told my friends it's not that they weren't supportive but they didn't necessarily believe me mm. so I've said it so many times and i would had like periods off before like maybe like one or two months so for those kind of first few months I think they were just thinking oh it's a phase she'll like come back to drinking so there was still kind of that peer pressure of go on just have a drink you're gonna cave eventually and it's like you become a bit of a newborn baby when you give up drinking because you experience things, so many things for the first time, sober, like being in the middle of a packed dance floor, Mm. just like going somewhere where you'd be really nervous and not having a drink, you experience all these new things. So for me, that initial bit is the hardest. There, There have been more challenges that have developed as my sort of sober journey has gone on but initially I'd definitely say that the first few months are the hardest
0: yeah. what are some of those challenges that have sort of arisen at times
1: I think one of the biggest things that you learn is that we use alcohol so much that we're not even aware of it and it's learning to sit with your emotions is one of the biggest things in sobriety and it's also learning new ways to relax because alcohol is our default and so many of us drink because our minds are just so busy and and drinking is the only time even if it's two or three drinks that they will even remotely switch off for some of us Mm. so that has been one of the biggest things is learning how to kind of get through that and to be able to sit with your emotions and to have a shit week at work and come home and not reach for a drink or like to be really stressed and go through a breakup and and actually sit there and feel all the pain and feel all the feelings rather than just going out and getting pissed with your mate Mm. um, that's probably the biggest lesson i've learned is learning how to sit with my feelings and be okay with feeling anxious and, and working through it and there's a lot of research that says a lot of reason, kind of, why drinking could be affecting our mental health is that we replace a com- like an uncomfortable emotion with a more comfortable one when you drink. So if you're feeling like stressed or anxious, as soon as you drink, it feels better. But you don't actually work through that emotion. So when it comes back up again, you've got no idea how to deal with it because you didn't work through it last time. You just drank and that made it better. So. That's that's really
0: interesting. Yeah, because then when you do deal with your emotions, you know, like day or so later. It's so much worse. Yes. yes, so much worse.
1: Exactly, like it intensifies. That someone, um, Chloe Telford. I don't know if you follow her. She uh, recently became sober, and she was saying that it's like uh, alcohol is like control underway, you know, like spanks. Mm. So if you've got a few wobbly bits or like bits you don't want people to see, you stuff it down. You like squidge it to the side, and you pull up your spangs. But actually, when you take it off, it, it like it all just spills out again. It doesn't go anywhere. And that's the same with alcohol. I was pushing and pushing and pushing my emotions down by drinking. But I wasn't actually dealing with them. I was just pushing them down. Mm. And then they were just all coming out. And, like, especially if I drank and, you know, you, you feel fine at the start of the night. And they come 3am, you're crying in the toilet. Like, that emotion doesn't go anywhere. Mm. It will come out. So. Yeah, that's one of the, the hardest challenges is learning to like stick with your emotions and deal with your emotions. But it has made me so like much more emotionally healthy. Like I was just to say I thought mental health was like being really happy and being happy all the time but it's
0: absolutely not like good mental health is how you process your emotions and how you deal with it. So for you getting to that point, it was a breakup. What was going on? Like, what were those emotions and times like? Where you know you perhaps were drinking, and then you just thought, you know, what 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 did that look like for you? What was going on when I was drinking? Yeah, when you were drinking, and you sort of realised that you didn't really want to be doing that anymore. Yeah. What I mean, I think the thing is we can all relate to this because we've yeah. all been there, and I, and a lot of girls. Uh, experiences And guys as well But a lot of girls listening know What was that anxiety. You know What was that those Days after drinking Like for you
1: So I Would wake up And my initial thing Would be like What the fuck Happened last night Because I used to suffer With blackouts And memory loss uh, Which is a lot to do With kind of How quickly you drink And like mm. it's, it's yeah There's all different theories On why you suffer With blackouts And, and people suffer differently But I Would always have a few like sketchy hours where I couldn't quite remember anything so I'd wake up with that initial like panic. I'd, you know, have to find my bag, I'd have to make sure that I had my phone, my keys and all those things. And that was the initial hurdle because more often than not, I was missing either like a debit card or, you know, a phone or something, or I'd lost one of my favorite earrings. Mm. The morning was a bit of a recon mission and, and then it would be, you know, pulling out the receipts and being like, why did I spend all this money on drinking? I'm poor. I was working in as like an assistant at the time. So I, I was on next to nothing. I was going out acting like I had millions and, you know, treating everyone in the bar to Jager and And so that would be the next thing. So first of all, there will be all those things. Then there was even like, how should I get home? Towards the end of my drinking, I got myself into some really sticky, sort of dangerous situations where I don't remember getting home. And, you know, I'd look at my sort of Uber and it'd say things like, oh, well, you canceled this journey. So I'd be like, well, how did I get home? And it, it was all those things that I really started to realize
0: I was putting myself in
1: really dangerous situations.
0: Hmm. Um, Did you often do that? And I know I do this. It's like, oh, what did I say? What did I do? You know, who did I message? Or like, you know, did I do anything embarrassing? Yeah, so that would be like phase two. So
1: then it would be texting all my friends, calling them, being like, what did you do, last? Like, like, what did I do last night? Are you angry with me? Did I say this? Like, did I spill this secret? Oh my gosh. Like, and then I would make up ridiculous things in my head, so I'd be like, oh my god, did I bump into someone I work with? Even if I just met out my friends, I'd be like, what if someone from work saw me? What if, you know, I'm on the Daily Mail today, like, flashing my knickers? Like,
0: all of those scenarios. Oh my god, I so relate yeah. to all of this. Like, oh. It would just continue and it would be relentless throughout the day. And I wouldn't feel better
1: until I'd, like, at least gone to work Monday and seen everyone and know that no one saw me and that I wasn't on the daily mail. And, and then, kind of, by Wednesday, Thursday, i just kind of start to feel better. And then Friday would come and it was like I was a goldfish. Someone would go, Do you want to and go for drinks? So I'd go, Yeah, all right then. Like, I just, like you said, we're really so learning. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's what my kind of anxiety looked like and it's and some were okay and some were really, really bad and I think because I'd have a really bad one and then the next time I'd go out I would be okay. Yeah. Saying, okay, the next time I can be okay now.
0: That's what happens. I've talked to a good friend, who I've had on the podcast as well and she's the same like drinking for her can bring up a lot of anxiety yeah. or and but some some and I've always wondered myself I'm like sometimes I'm fine, yeah. sometimes I'm not and I can't work out the logic behind yeah. it. I just I can't. No.
1: And, uh, I don't know, I think that it's got a lot to do about emotions as well, like when you drink, if you're drinking from a good place or a bad place, but as well as all that from like fuzzy memories and blackouts, there is actually a lot of science behind anxiety, so it's all to do with like the chemicals in our brain. so drinking can like slow down certain chemicals, and then in the morning you will get an absolute spike of this chemical because your brain is like, oh, quickly, we need to regulate this because something's gone wrong. So you get like, in the morning you get a spike of glutamate, which can create a lot of anxiety so as well as the like oh my god what should I do what should I say you've actually got physiological mm. things happening that are causing you anxiety as yeah. well so it's it's kind of twofold and you just get this from all angles and I got to the point where I was like no absolutely not. I'm not doing this again and I also read a lot of horror blackout stories which really helped me to to give
0: up yeah especially like you say putting yourself in dangerous situations I've been the same where it's like how did I get home last night you know, like, it's so dangerous, yeah. like, drunk girls wandering around and, yeah. you know, like, trying to get home or something, yeah. you know. It's just, it's very dangerous. Yeah,
1: there's, there's been so many sort of, like, accidental deaths from alcohol. and like, a lot of the stuff we hear in the media about alcohol is, you know, cancer, diabetes, heart disease. It's, it's those kind of physical things. We're not, I mean, we do hear about the odd accidental death, but they, like, from binge drinking... There's, there's so many bad things that have happened like even just you know people slicing their legs open or and, and it's actually costing the NHS like so much money like here but just binge drinking like alone like there's so many things that we haven't yeah. sort
0: of thought about but We'll talk about life from, from that point onwards and what you're doing soon, yeah. um, but take us back. So where did you grow up? You know, What was your childhood like?
1: So I grew up uh, in Kent, and it was quite a small town, so everyone sort of knows everyone, really. Um, but I was ring really into competitive dancing when I was younger, so I actually didn't do the whole 14 drunk in a park, which is quite a British thing mm. to do, because I was every weekend at like dance rehearsals. But a lot of my friends did. Um, And then I turned, I'm an August birthday, so I turned 18 when you're legally allowed to drink here and then three weeks later went to uni. And so I had no real experience of drinking when I was younger. And then when I got to uni, it was absolutely everywhere. Like I think it's changed slightly now, but the way that alcohol is pushed on you as a fresher, Is like extraordinary, and I was really poor and wanted to make friends, so I got three jobs. Uh, One was in a bar called Revolutions, Uh, one was in a bar that sold purely pretty much shots and yoga bombs, and one was Dancing on the tables in a bar where <laughs> I got free drinks all night. So my sort of supply to
0: free alcohol was was limitless, mm. um, and I never really learned to drink. Not that there is a proper way to. No, drink, but you'd but gone from like you'd gone from yeah. your dancing. You know, you'd been at school and dancing, and yeah. then you know you weren't going out with your friends on the weekend. Yeah. To all of a sudden, I think this is the case for yeah. so many people, and I've seen you speak about it before. Is that you know you went to university, and yeah. then all of a sudden it's just boom. This is part yeah. of your life now.
1: Yeah, and it was like you. You were expected to binge drink. You weren't just expected to go out and have a casual glass of wine. You were expected to go out and get as drunk as you possibly could, and drink as many sort of like a green and blue shots as you could drink. Um, and yeah, I think so. I never really learned to drink sensibly. If it's, mm. It was it was always okay. How hammered are we going to get tonight? I mean, this is truly awful. But in Freshers Week, I remember we were making jokes about who would be the first to like go home in an ambulance and get their stomach pumped. Like, we used to make jokes about that because we thought it was hilarious, and now i recoil in the horror of it.
0: Mm. What did you study? English, literature, and language. Yeah, did you love it? I
1: loved it, yeah. All the, I did love it, but I didn't attend half my seminars or lectures because I, I have no idea how I got such a good grade because I didn't go to half my seminars or half my lectures because I was not over.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: and if I did used to go to campus, I, like hadn't been able to have a shower yet so I'd have like glitter and face paint on in fancy dress the night before <laughs> so yeah I don't know how, I think I, I kind of pulled it out of the bag in third because Everyone got a bit calmer, Hmm. but first and second year, yeah, it was a bit of a write off. I think if you were to look at my attendance records, they'd be
0: quite terrible. So, what did you, did you know know what you wanted to do growing up, or when you're at university, did you know what you wanted to do?
1: I actually didn't. I always knew that I wanted to do something creative, and I loved writing, so that's kind of the main thing that I wanted to do. And (laughs) when I was at school, it was like your career you know, you'd either be a teacher, a doctor, a vet. Like, there wasn't the kind of opportunities there are now because we didn't know that social media was going to be a thing that it is um, and obviously it's such an important tool with what i do and mm. um, so i didn't really at one point i thought i wanted to be a teacher then i realized that i don't actually think i'm that good for children and um, so yeah various various I mean, I've, I've done pr
0: i've done journalism so that's what you did after university so after
1: university i went straight to pr and so I did a few internships because I, I kind of got it in my head that I would like to write a magazine I spoke to one of my friends who was kind of in the industry and she said well if you can't get into magazine work why don't you at least try PR because it's kind of like the other side and then you get to know journalists and then you can find out how they got into it. So I went into PR, didn't enjoy PR, it wasn't for me at all and then I was really lucky. Um, Actually, a a journalist came in to Paul for a a fashion shoot at our PR agency and and she said that she was looking for an assistant. So I went for that job and got it. So good. Yeah, really lucky. So I had, that was a bit of a fluke, I think. Was that with magazines? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. And I worked in magazines for five plus years, uh, doing everything from like fashion, beauty, homes, diet, fitness everything lifestyle. I loved it. It was a whole kind of new world for me, but again, the booze supply was kind
0: of limitless. Welcome to the start of summer. I honestly feel like I've been talking about how excited I am for so long, but bring on days at the beach, sitting in the sun with pals, long nights and barbecues. For every single one of these moments, I'll make sure I have a bottle of cold Amplify Kombucha on hand. They're a great swap for drinks like coffee, and they're also really refreshing. They have a variety of flavors, so whatever you're into, there's something for everyone. I've got to say, massive fan of pineapple coconut. It's so yummy, and especially ideal for a day on the beach. Trust me, and try Amplify Kombucha. Taste Amplified. So you're working in magazines, and then... Is that so you were working full-time there and that that when is when you decided you weren't gonna drink anymore?
1: Yeah, so it was Feb 2018 that so I decided I wasn't gonna drink anymore. And then in September 2018, I decided to start Sober Girl Society, and it literally just started as a place for me to put like funny quotes about being like a sober young person.
0: So was it like an Instagram account?
1: It was just an Instagram account, and I started, I was looking back actually the other day on WhatsApp, and um, me and my friends were like, trying to decide the name, and they were helping me, which I think is really ironic, because both of those people drink, so <laughs> um, they helped me come up with Sober Girl Society. Um, and I started it as kind of an Instagram page, Um, and yeah just kind of put like funny quotes and and, and started making connections with other sober young people. One of the connections I made was a girl called Kate um, who runs a group called Sober Millennials and she asked me if I would be part of a panel for uh, a mindful drinking festival run by Club Soda in January Um, and I'd never really done anything like it before but I was really excited so I said yes and when I was on that panel I was like Wow, this is kind of what I want to do. Like, I want to speak to people about my journey. I want to get other people together. And so then come February, I'd been kind of building the account slowly and like a few brands had taken interest. And So I, I felt like I'd got myself into a position where I could possibly run with it, but I would have to freelance alongside. So I kind of set myself up some freelance gigs for when I left. And then February, I handed my notice
0: Uh, February 2019 Well done Thank you It's a big thing isn't it Oh my god I was
1: terrified Yeah it's
0: pretty scary From leaving something so You know Regular And then this idea That you literally Created Out of you Stopping drinking And I I guess A lot of us Who have done things like that We can It's quite It's hard to explain But it's like You literally started it As a passion project Out of something You were doing Or you felt Yeah And then all of a sudden It becomes like you kind of question it you're like is this my work like what yeah. am I you know what am I doing and, but it's great it's yeah. really cool but so you're at a point where you could actually run with it and yeah. I guess were you finding that you weren't able to put as much effort in if you're working full time yeah 100%
1: especially with social media because it's constant so I'd be at my job and I could see notifications out of the corner of my eye and I'd think oh god I can't look like I'm on my phone all day so I'd have to leave it, and then I wouldn't respond to things and brands are get in touch with me and I'd be even it like two or three days and and I wasn't really sure where I kind of stood with like my contract at work, with like taking, um, like working with brands, kind of outside of what I was actually doing already, because I was working with brands in magazines. So I kind of just decided that the best stress-free solution was to sort of leave. Mm. Um, so yeah, I am to my in February and
0: then I uh, still do freelance journalism because I've got to pay the bills. Yeah, exactly um, right. And is that with magazines or just yeah, sort of lots yeah, of things? Yeah, mainly
1: magazines. I do get asked to write some pieces on sobriety now which is amazing because that's what I love doing um, but I mainly write sort of like lifestyle features like fashion, beauty, all those kinds of things I still it, it sometimes it's nice to escape and just concentrate on really, really pretty things Mm. and kind of not have to talk about me constantly.
0: Yeah. It's good to have a bit of variety, right? It keeps it mixed up a bit. I
1: I mean, I I never know what I'm doing from one day to one day, which (laughs) is great.
0: Yeah. So take us on your journey of what's happened with Sober Girl Society now. Like, obviously... You're doing events, you're, you've got quite a big social media presence, you're doing things online, yeah. so obviously no days are the same, but what kind of things are you doing?
1: So a whole mixture of stuff really. The events are a really big thing for us now because with Sober Girl Society, it sounds a bit ridiculous, but I don't think that my main aim of is to help people necessarily quit drinking, as in... I think A, it's a decision that you have to reach for yourself, and B, for some people, they need a lot more support than I can offer on an Instagram page via coaching, rehab, addiction specialists. So, for me, one of the biggest things that's helped me on my journey and is Kept me sober. Has been meeting other sober people just to talk about your experiences, remind yourself like why you're doing it, and for having people to keep you accountable. So that's why I, I always say my main aim with it is to connect girls in tea So I love getting people together. So I do a lot of like uh, find your sober sisters threads, which have been uh, the response I've had to those has been overwhelming. Like people message me and be like, oh, we had thirty people meet up in Phoenix because of your post. And I'm like, I've never that's seen so before. cool. Difference there. Like, and I love that so much. So that's like one of the really big things. And then the other thing that I want to do is talk to a lot more young people about sort of our common health. So I started doing a lot more panels. I spoke on the other week for World Mental Health Day, um, and I love doing those. So I want to do more talks, um, more awareness, and kind of sort activism in a way. I think there's a lot that we can change. Um, I think there's a lot around kind of our drinking laws and things. I I mean, there's a gym that's just been brought out called Fuckboy Tears. Oh Uh, dear. It upsets him because I just think. That is just reinforcing the narrative that if you get broken up with the way to deal with your heartbreak is to drink. And I just don't like, I'm 28 and I don't use the word fuckboy, so that, that is targeted at girls younger than me. Mm. And I just think, you, how is that allowed?
0: You need to build them up, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it like, it should be like, do you know what? Like, don't care about it, I mean, it wasn't worth it, not drink yourself into oblivion. Where you're going to end up literally crying in the toilet, yeah. like you say, at 3 a.m., or crying yourself yeah. to sleep at night, and then suffering with this awful full hands
1: I so I want to it's something that I need to make more connections with and it's a big project of mine for 2020 to look more into that kind of alcohol marketing like here in the UK with cigarettes you can't even look at a packet of cigarettes until you've purchased it and now you're not allowed any branding on it like it has to be completely neutral but you know we put notebooks in kids shops that say things like gin-dependent woman that there needs to be some kind of regulation of Things that we are and aren't talking about with alcohol. Like I'm not trying to stop anyone drinking by any means. If it works for you, that's your property. But I think just the messaging around alcohol, like people like Rita Ora, you know, they're on Instagram pushing drink brands, and they've got girls as young as like 13, 14 following them. And there's a lot of work that I want to do around that. So that's going to be sort of like a big focus for 2020. Now that I'm sort of in a good place, and then just like working with brands, we're always trying to come up with like fun mocktail recipes because. The worst thing is having to drink Diet Coke for eternity. So I do a lot of work with brands and um, there's a lot of amazing brands coming onto the market now
0: for non-alcoholic, which is just really exciting. Now. One thing I think you've touched on a couple of times is, you know, the things targeted at girls that have gone through breakups or whatever. For you, you'd gone through a breakup and you tackled it sober. Mm. Um So... And something I get asked a lot and we talk about a lot on the podcast is how to get through heartbreak and and move on which one thing is that you have to feel it like you say you've got to feel the feelings and go through it but what are some advice you would give to women who maybe are going through one and they're in the really yucky stage? I I mean
1: the first advice would be don't drink because it doesn't make anything better It, it just really doesn't it just pushes everything down another thing is probably like don't keep reminding yourself because right this is there's an analogy between kind of the way that when you break up with your relationship with alcohol and the way you go through heartbreak is that there's this rose tinted glasses phase which for sobriety i've named it the rosé tinted glasses phase (laughs) because i love a pun but essentially the idea is that you you go through a phase where you're just forgetting all the bad stuff and you're just focusing on the positive stuff, like oh that one time that he took me out and that one time he bought me that really nice birthday present and that one time that he did that and we do that with Jenkins as well so we remember the start of the night, you remember oh look at us when we were dancing on the dance floor, wasn't that fun but you forget all the other things and there's a method in sobriety called play the tape forward and it's essentially working the whole story through. So it's not missing out any gaps. So it's okay, look at you dancing on the dance floor, having a great time, but actually work that through to the morning. Go through the stages of actually, I don't remember how I got home that night. Actually, the next morning, I was really hungover and I had really bad anxiety and I spent 200 quid and I called my best friend a dickhead. Like, work it through to the end. And I think it's kind of important to do that with relationships as well is to just not focus on those one or two great things it's to try and focus on all the bad things and to work that relationship right through to the end because mm. just because it was great at the beginning doesn't mean it's great at the end so you can't focus on that stuff at the beginning you have to work the whole story through and think about the way that you felt
0: through the entirety of it and not just at one specific point that's such you've put it so well I couldn't have worded it any better like that's I think you're right. I think a lot of the time we romanticize things and like you say with drinking as well, you know, the nights out where it's like, oh my goodness, look at our hot Instagram photo we took with the girls beforehand, you know, and the same with the relationship. You think of the highlights, you don't think of the lows and you don't, you know, like often when things end at first, you're kind of hopeful that things maybe might work out, but it's like, you've got to remember that, you know, things have ended for a reason doesn't mean that you know like maybe that's just that and yeah. you just got to move on with yeah. things
1: and this is why social media is quite difficult because it is a highlight reel so there will be pictures of you looking amazing while you're drunk on a night out and there will be lovely pictures of you and your ex-boyfriend looking really cute but there's no pictures of you hungover and anxious in the morning and there's no pictures of you and your boyfriend mid massive argument if we kind of had those pictures you'd be able to look at those and go oh yeah I remember that's what it was really like but we we only have pictures of the good stuff so when you're scrolling through your phone you're like oh I miss my boyfriend like if we if you had pictures of all the bad times you'd go oh actually what was I thinking and I think that's quite a difficult thing now with us taking pictures of everything we only take pictures of the good stuff and that's all therefore we have to remind us mm.
0: What are some of, we talk a lot about self-care. What are some of your go-to self-care practices? Obviously one, the main one is that you don't drink anymore, yes. so you don't have hangovers, which yes. is like, oh, yes. such a good idea.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I always say sobriety is self-care. For me, it's the best thing I can do for my mental health and my physical health and probably my spiritual health as well. Um, my, my easiest self-care method is a bath. I swear by baths for anything. Get some good epsom salts now, put a candle on, do it properly um like that is the cheapest self-care method for me and um, exercise is you know the one that everyone says but for me like running is useless because when i'm running i'm just thinking 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 <laughs> i actually have to do exercise that involves me following the instructor following a routine like i've really managed to get back into dancing and i'd say actually as a sort of that's really good self-care thing is to get back into things that you used to love and have perhaps neglected Mm. to remind yourself or like to connect with things that you did when you were a child so I've got really back into dancing which I love and being able to follow a routine and an instructor completes me get like gets me out of my head I'm so focused on learning this dance that I don't think about anything else so if like, find the exercise that works for you. If running doesn't work for you, don't feel like you need to make it work because everyone else runs. And some people swear by it and some people say, oh, you know, it's the best thing for my mental health. For me, it's not, because I just run and run and I'm thinking and thinking. So just, like, find the exercise that works for you.
0: I mean, yoga another one. I love yoga. So good. Follow an instructor. Um, and it makes you feel really, like, it's good exercise, but it makes you feel really calm in your yeah. body as well. Yeah. yeah. I love restorative yoga. Same, it's my favourite. Yeah.
1: If it's too hardcore, I'm like, no, this is like exercise. And then I'm thinking, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? So is everyone looking at me? Because I look stupid. If I do, like, restorative yoga and it's in like, a dark studio and all we'll I have to do is stretch, I'm like, oh, there's no way I can be getting this wrong because all I've got to do is stretch. So, mm. yeah, I, I really enjoy kind of restorative yoga. I, I'd say there's some of, Main one, yeah. Do you know what? The simplest thing is our breathing. Yeah, I had a a small period where I suffered with panic attacks, and just breathing you have no idea like how much in the day we're like so stressed that we're not actually breathing properly. So, even just taking out like five minutes like if mindfulness and meditation and all those things don't necessarily work for you just sit there and breathe properly for five minutes like in through the nose up through the nose you can get loads of easy apps that where you can count your breath when I had a bit of counselling for my panic attacks that's exactly what they said to me mm. is that it's one of the quickest ways to alert your brain that you are okay mm. and then your brain goes oh okay actually well, I think we're okay now so we'll start calming down so yeah breathing is like a really big one for me and nature just mm. like getting outside like putting feet on the grass, put your feet on sand, like just know that you are kind of like part of
0: something. I mean, I read really a lot of
1: Tolle. I love him. Um but I think yeah just He's yeah. incredible. I also think a really weird one that like I do so I don't know
0: if you do this is that like if I'm on a plane or I'm on a tall building, I will like look down and then I just feel really small and then that makes me Yeah, I know what like, you I, I know, know exactly what you, what you mean. Do you think your journey with um sobriety and, and everything you're doing and your self care, do you think it's been a real Journey of like learning to love yourself more and more through the good and the bad? Oh, a hundred
1: percent. Like, I know that I have character traits that aren't ideal, but so does everyone. But I've learned to sort of accept them, and uh, yeah, I've made peace with a lot of problems that I had about myself because the problem with drinking as well is it can. Uh, Brings sort of a lot of guilt and shame because for me, I was doing things that actually didn't sit well with who I believed I was as a person. So I was doing things, and then the next day, I'd be like, I can't believe I did that. So it was just like, yeah getting into arguments with people like random girls on a dance hall because they pushed me like if that happened to me on a tube i'd just like roll my eyes and move on with my day but then i'd like get into like physical shouting matches with these people and it, it just didn't align with who i was so that was really conflicting and that used to cause me like a lot of disease mm. because What I was doing wasn't integral to who I thought I was, so now, one of the best things is that I always feel like I'm true to myself, and it doesn't mean I don't make mistakes because everyone makes mistakes, but I know that at the time, I made that decision coming from the best place, and with all the information I had and, and what I thought was right, but when you do things when you're drinking you don't have any of that you just make stupid decisions and and say yeah like it's really helped me to become at peace with who I am because everything I do now is for the right reasons and I don't do anything that doesn't feel like me Mm.
0: so yeah oh that's so cool you're inspiring me to (laughs) not drink like honestly I just I don't drink a lot but like I mean especially in a place like when you're just in London for a brief period it's it's a big it's a big part of it and when I go home I won't I, I won't be drinking for quite a while because I'm I'm not a big drinker yeah. anymore but um no I know like you just I think yeah being able to be in your be like grounded and in yourself and and I think it is like I think not drinking is like the ultimate form of self-care yeah. and self-love because you're in yourself and you're going to feel good and you're yeah. not going to feel crap and hung over and anxious yeah. and like yeah, because oh, I just, those, yeah, that's just so off putting.
1: Well, uh, you know, essentially your body is being so nice to you, like, alive yeah. fighting off all these diseases and everything, and all you're literally doing is going, here, have some poison, like, yeah, and that's what we're doing at the end of the day, and, and I feel like I can say this now because. Oh, it was me for so so long but like, I just didn't even think about it in that way I just thought oh everyone drinks so I drink so oh, I know it might get me cancer but so what like and then you really really sit down and you think about it and the more I learn about it the more I think about it I'm like how, how did like how is this still okay how is this still
0: legal like, mm. it's just yeah it's really do, do you think I think the thing with me is that the idea of saying I, I think it's anything with like not even alcohol but like Um, just anything that feels not extreme but like say for example like there's certain foods you don't eat or whatever but I don't want to say I'm a vegan or a vegetarian it's like I think it's the idea for me that it's like quite daunting to be like I don't drink and then it kind of cuts it out always it feels a bit like extreme for me yeah, so... But no, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not that yeah. I, I want to all the time, but I just, I don't know, I just find that hard for me at the moment. Yeah, that that's why uh, sober curious has become quite a big thing now. So
1: there's essentially two definitions of sober curious. There's sober curious in that, oh, I'm thinking about going sober, and then there's sober curious in the way that, say, you would maybe be bi-curious, in that... Like, you will go for like three or four months without drinking, but then if you want one glass of champagne yeah. at a wedding, that's okay. So, some people are doing that personally, it's not for me because I think it's a slippery slope. Five I one glass of champagne at a wedding, I'll go okay, let's have two years. Yeah, so some people choose to do one day at a time, which is a really like kind of popular AA thing, is that you literally take one day at a time, and if you think that's right for you, then absolutely do that. For me, I've kind of decided that it is forever because if I, if I think, oh, just one day at a time, people still say to me, oh, do you think you'll have one at your wedding? Do you think you'll do this? And like, then it's like, oh, well, maybe I should just have one at like, you know, my friends can do, or maybe I should just have one mm. here. And for me, that's that like constant mind games of like, thinking about when I'm going to drink if I'm ever going to drink again if so what occasions am I going to drink again? and that can cause anxiety yeah so for me taking it off the table completely is actually so freeing to just be like nope, never ever again for me that's what works but like you said a lot of people would find that really daunting mm. so you have to take it whatever way is best for you if you just want to cut down, you know, just say, okay, actually for three months, I'm going to give it a go. But if I don't feel any better, then I'm going to take it up. Like that's completely up to you.
0: What is it like for you seeing, you know, these events you're running What is it like for you seeing that all happen and all the people that you're able to help and empower and this community you've built? What does that, what is that like for you? Oh, I have
1: like a bit of an out-of-body experience at our events. First of all, I don't enjoy them until I know that everyone's there and everyone's settled and everyone's like made a friend um, because I just worry the whole time. I feel like I have to just make sure that everyone's okay. And then afterwards, I always cry because it's been such a big... Thin. and then I see all these people and I look around and I'm like oh my gosh I did this and like for me that is just like the nicest thing and, and that is like quite honestly with drinking I have become a nicer person like when I was drinking I was so selfish everything was about me and how I felt and that I felt sorry for myself and I was hungover and poor me mm. like, oh, and sobriety has just given me more time and like I just feel like a nice person and all I care about now is doing, like, helping to people like to get to the realisation that I have and, like, bring people together and just, like, and that, again, like, has helped me become like, at peace with myself because everything I do now is, is pretty much for other people I mean there's that essential thing you mm, to do yourself of course but my behaviour isn't selfish in any way and like for me those kind of bits of sober girl society like the real important work like yeah it's great to work with brands and stuff but really that money just goes back into funding the really important work that I want to do um, but yeah it's just the loveliest thing to like and so many girls have like made friends and I see them like oh, now I, if I have them on Instagram, I'll see like three of them have gone out together. I'm like, oh God, it's so cute. That I made those friends. Yeah. It's
0: like, it's that feeling. I, I understand. It's like that feeling of community and it's really, I think it's about connecting people yes. and that's so, yeah, well done on what you've done. It's Aww. so incredible. You've done so well. I always wrap up by asking my guests, uh, what is something you would tell your younger self?
1: Oh, I always say that I thought that, uh, I think I did a post on this well, the other day, I thought alcohol was my biggest like, connected to people, I thought alcohol was why people would like me because they would think, oh she's really fun and she loves going out, but actually talking about why I've given it up and being really open and authentic and honest with people, Has been a bigger connector than alcohol ever was. Like saying to people, actually, like, I don't feel like this anymore, and and going out and partying till three in the morning and drinking loads makes me feel really unhappy. And people are like, oh my god, yeah, me too. Like, everyone I speak to, bar about two or three people, have identified with something in my story. And that has connected me with more people than alcohol ever did. So I would say to like my younger self, you don't necessarily need alcohol to be fun, you don't need alcohol to be liked, and you don't need alcohol to make deep connections with people.
0: Yeah, in fact, you make better connections when you're not out in the club oh, at 3am. You actually are able to allow space to do things like what you're doing now, which yeah. you have the time and energy to do because yeah. you're not hungover, you're not out till 3am on the weekends, yeah. you know? And
1: you, you think when you're drinking that you're having these really deep chats, but in fact if you actually watch two very junkies have very deep they're not even listening to each other. Mm. They're like vomiting, word vomiting all their secrets out because they need to tell someone, and the other person is doing that. They're not really listening. Mm. They're not really helping each other. Whereas. I've become so open now in Spitey because I'm like, Well, alcohol's not gonna make me open up so I need to open up myself. (laughs) But I'll have these actual conversations with people and then they'll listen and I'll listen and yeah, I think you can have really good connections and long lasting connections with alcohol and without alcohol. And you you just look a better friend in general. Mm. I turn up to things, I don't cancel things because I'm hungover, I remember things.
0: Yeah and you feel good I think you've given us Heaps of advice in there But another question I always ask at the end is um, What is some advice You would give to women listening Who are wanting to You know really step in And for better like better phrase live their best life or do incredible things what would you tell them
1: for surprising and doing things (laughs) I heard this I was watching a really trashy reality show once and one of the it was like a a young girl who was trying to be an influencer and her dad was a really big business mogul and he said this phrase which I loved which is paralysis over analysis so it's kind of like when you think about something too much it will stop you from doing it. So I am a classic this so I always try to remind myself like you have to really try not to overthink things like there's a million reasons why I said to myself don't do so without society like you know people will be annoyed at you because you didn't necessarily like have to go to rehab or you didn't like lose your home so people will be annoyed that you're talking about society or like you know you're rubbish at social media so like don't do this like or oh, you know what if it doesn't work out and you leave your job and then you know on the streets, like there's, there's a million. It's people, all the fears. And, yeah, it's all the fears, and sometimes you just have to take a risk. And we all know that we need to do it, but it's just sometimes you need that push. I always say like, back yourself up. So I did like a lot of research about sobriety. I I and if people were going to question me on it, I could I could say that this is where I come from, um, and just be yourself as well because. There's so many people out there that are just trying to be like everyone else and then you don't stand out from the crowd. If you want something to really be successful, just be yourself because the only person on the planet like you is you like there's many and not one people who are trying to be the same but
0: there is only one you so just be you and that's all you can do thank you so much for everything Millie honestly you're so incredible I think what you're doing is so cool thank you for listening to the Self Love Club podcast a special thanks to Nick Bulbin our audio engineer please subscribe for more episodes and catch up on any episodes you may have missed To find out more about our Boss Babe guests and for the Self Love Club resources and blog posts, check out my website, bellcrawford.com. There's a new post on my go-to self-care practices and you can follow me at bellcrawford on Instagram and Facebook. Feel free to DM me on the gram. I love hearing from you. Catch you soon, babes.